Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of endometriosis from the reproductive section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 29-year-old nulla gravida presents to her gynecologist for severe pain with menses and inability to conceive after two years of unprotected intercourse. She says she feels pain with defecation and intercourse. On pelvic exam, her uterus is found to be retroverted and there is nodularity of the uterosacral ligament on retrovaginal examination. This is a case of endometriosis. Let's now get into the topic. Let's start with an introduction about this topic. In terms of an overview, endometriosis is a non-malignant condition where endometrial glands and stroma are located outside of the uterus. In terms of the epidemiology and incidence, it occurs in 7-10% to 10% of women in the U.S. In terms of the demographics, it occurs only in females and most commonly in those between 25 and 29 years of age. In terms of the location, the ovaries is the most common location, but it can also occur in the uterosacral ligaments, retrouterine pouch or the pouch of Douglas, and the peritoneum. Risk factors include family history, early menarche, and nulliparity. In terms of the pathophysiology and pathobiology, ectopic endometrial tissue leads to an estrogen-stimulated inflammatory response. In terms of associated conditions, the main associated conditions are chronic pelvic pain, endometrioma or, quote, chocolate cyst, which is endometriosis affecting the ovary, and subfertility. In terms of the prognosis and natural history of the disease, endometriosis may self-stabilize without treatment. However, this may be a progressive, relapsing, or chronic condition. Let's now discuss the clinical presentation, including symptoms and physical exam findings of endometriosis. Symptoms include dysmenorrhea, dyspareunia, or painful intercourse, dyskesia, or painful defecation, infertility, and chronic pelvic pain. Physical exam findings include nodular thickening of the uterosacral ligament, a fixed retroverted uterus, or tender fixed adnexal masses. Let's now discuss the imaging modalities used to diagnose endometriosis. Ultrasonography is indicated as the first-line imaging modality to assess for endometriosis. Let's now discuss other diagnostic studies including serum labs and histology used to diagnose endometriosis. In terms of serum labs, endometriosis may be associated with increased CA125 levels. Laparoscopic visualization with histologic confirmation provides definitive diagnosis of endometriosis. One classically may see a quote powder burn appearance. And histology would show endometrial glandular tissue. In terms of a differential diagnosis, the main differential to keep in mind is adenomyosis. Note that the differentiating factor for adenomyosis is the invasion of endometrial glands into the uterine myometrium. Let's now discuss the treatment of endometriosis. Conservative treatment involves observation and is indicated for patients with asymptomatic endometriosis that is discovered incidentally. Medical treatment involves the use of combined hormonal or progestin-only contraceptives, gonadotropin-releasing hormone or GnRH agonist, levonorgestrel-releasing intrauterine device or IUD, and danazole. In terms of indications, combined hormonal or progestin-only contraceptives is considered first line for pain due to endometriosis. 
GnRH agonists are second-line treatment for endometriosis. Its mechanism of action is that it inhibits gonadotropin secretion, which decreases FSH and LH levels, leading to a suppression of ovarian function. Levonorgestrel-releasing IUD is indicated as another second-line treatment for endometriosis. And finally, danazole is not commonly used due to side effects. Its mechanism of action is that it suppresses FSH and LH pituitary secretion. In terms of surgical treatment and indications of laparoscopic ablation, surgery is the only definitive treatment and diagnostic modality. In terms of indications of total abdominal hysterectomy with lysis of adhesions, this is used in patients who have completed childbearing with severe and recurrent disease. And finally, in terms of complications, the two main complications of endometriosis are infertility and ectopic pregnancy. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 29-year-old woman presents to her gynecologist because of chronic pelvic pain that she has been experiencing for the last six months. Specifically, she says that she has severe pain during menstruation that is localized primarily to her lower abdomen and pelvis. In addition, she has been having pain while defecation and during intercourse. She has no past surgical history and her past medical history is significant for asthma. She uses protection while having intercourse with her long-term boyfriend and has never been pregnant. Physical exam reveals adnexal tenderness and the presence of an adnexal mass. Laparoscopic examination is conducted showing several cysts filled with dark brown fluid on her ovaries and powder burn marks along her peritoneal surfaces. Which of the following markers would most likely be elevated in this patient? 1. Alpha-fetoprotein 2. Beta-HCG 3. Bombesin 4. CA125 or 5. CA19-9 And the correct answer choice is answer choice 4, CA125. This patient with dysmenorrhea, dyspareunia, dyskesia, and chocolate cysts on laparoscopic examination most likely has endometriosis, which can present with an elevated CA125 level. Remember, endometriosis is a benign condition where the endometrial glands and stroma are located outside of the uterus. The most common sites where these ectopic tissues are located are the ovaries and the rectal pouch of Douglas, however they can be spread more generally along peritoneal surfaces. These glands can bleed into the surrounding tissues which causes pain during menses, defecation, and intercourse. Suspected lesions can be explored through laparoscopic examination with biopsy, and they will appear as blood-filled or quote chocolate-colored cysts. Diffuse involvement of peritoneal surfaces can also occur, and these will appear as thickened, scarred, quote, powder burn implants. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, alpha-fetoprotein is elevated in non-seminomatous germ cell tumors of the testis, such as yolk sac tumors. However, it is not used as a tumor marker for endometriosis. Answer choice 2, Beta-HCG is elevated in hydatidiform moles, choriocarcinomas, and gestational trophoblastic tumors, however it is not used as a tumor marker for endometriosis. Answer choice 3, 
bombesin is elevated in neuroblastoma, lung cancer, and gastric cancer. However, it is not used as a tumor marker for endometriosis. And finally, answer choice 5, CA19-9 is elevated in pancreatic adenocarcinoma. However, it is not used as a tumor marker for endometriosis. In summary, endometriosis presents with dysmenorrhea, dyspareunia, dyskesia, and chronic pelvic pain. Next question. A 25-year-old nulliparous woman presents to her gynecologist complaining of recurrent menstrual pain. She reports a four-month history of pelvic pain that occurs during her periods. It is more severe than her typical menstrual cramps and sometimes occurs when she is not on her period. She also complains of pain during intercourse. Her periods occur every 28 to 30 days. Her past medical history is notable for kyphoscoliosis requiring spinal fusion and severe acne rosacea. She takes transtretinoin and has a copper intrauterine device. Her family history is notable for ovarian cancer in her mother and endometrial cancer in her paternal grandmother. Her temperature is 99 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.2 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 120 over 85 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 90 per minute and respirations are 16 per minute. On exam, she appears healthy and in no acute distress. A bimanual examination demonstrates a normal-sized uterus and a tender right adnexal mass. Her intrauterine device is well-positioned. What is the underlying cause of this patient's condition? 1. Benign proliferation of uterine myometrium. 2. Chronic inflammation of the uterine endometrium. 3. Endometrial glands and stroma within the peritoneal cavity. 4 endometrial glands and stroma within the uterine myometrium, or 5, excess androgen production. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3, endometrial glands and stroma within the peritoneal cavity. The patient in this vignette presents with dysmenorrhea and dyspareunia suggestive of endometriosis. Endometriosis is a benign condition in which endometrial glands and stroma implant outside the uterus. Remember, endometriosis involves extrauterine formation of endometrial tissue. Clinically, endometriosis may present with dysmenorrhea, dyspareunia, dyskesia, and chronic pelvic pain. Depending on the location of the endometrial tissue, physical examination findings may include a tender adnexal mass or nodular thickening of the uterosacral ligament. If endometriosis affects the ovary, it may lead to formation of an endometrioma or a, quote, chocolate cyst. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, benign proliferation of uterine myometrium refers to a lyomyoma or fibroid. Lyomyomas classically present with intermenstrual bleeding and menorrhagia. The uterus is typically asymmetric and enlarged with one or more mobile non-tender masses. Answer choice 2, chronic inflammation of the uterine endometrium refers to chronic endometritis. In this condition, plasma cells invade the uterine stroma in the setting of an underlying chronic infection. Answer choice 4, endometrial glands and stroma within the uterine myometrium refers to adenomyosis. Adenomyosis classically presents with dysmenorrhea, menorrhagia, and chronic pelvic pain. The uterus is typically smooth, enlarged, and boggy. 
And finally, answer choice 5, excess androgen production is characteristic of polycystic ovarian syndrome, or PCOS. In PCOS, ovarian overstimulation leads to excess androgen production, which can present with acne and hirsutism. In summary, endometriosis is characterized by endometrial glands and stroma forming outside the uterine cavity. And that's all for this review about endometriosis. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.